I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. It's the Alenios Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. We're here again, another week, doing oh, this yeah. this crazy thing we call podcasting. We're coming in hot with a theme song this week. That is true. That is very true. Thank um, you to, uh, to Ben Powell. It was on last week's episode, but we actually didn't know that it existed when we recorded last week's episode. We put it in, uh, what do you call that, post-mortem? We put it in post-mortem. I did it, I didn't post. Yeah. So, I didn't post. But this is the first week that we are acutely aware that it exists, and my god, is it incredible. Yeah, it's um, a great one. I didn't realize when I said that I was going to trick Ben into making a theme song that he was actually going to put work into it. Um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like he actually, like... I feel like he worked more on that theme song than either of us have ever worked on this podcast. So, that is very true. Um, if we ever make any money from this podcast, Ben has to get a cut now. Oh, for sure, because the, the amount of the amount of effort I put into an episode of this podcast is like how much it takes to pull a mic off the off the shelf, plug it in, turn it on, and start recording. Time that can is. You imagine, can you imagine going back and listening to old episodes to find stuff we said? Oh my god, that you think is worthy of it? How like? I even asked him. We haven't talked about. It. I don't know how many episodes he re-listened to. I don't know what his methodology was in picking the quotes. But hats off to you, Ben. You really, you really worked your ass off on this one. Yeah, definitely number one. Apparently, number one. Apparently, number one fan of the millennials out there. Uh, uh, yeah. Ben Powell, thank you for your help. So we um, on to some sad news. Okay. Um, I've lost all hope in uh, North America. I mean, well, why is that? Because that's, that's been pretty apparent to us for a long time. Well, now it's really apparent because, um, did we discuss the League of Legends World Championships last week? Dude, how would I know? Me neither. So if we did, just shut up and listen. So League of Legends, it's a video game. We talked about it before. There's a professional scene for it. Uh, and every year, the a world championship. A bunch of regions go together and compete. And every year, Korea wins. Um... Korea wins, China does okay, Europe sometimes does good or bad, and North America sucks. That's pretty much what happens. Um, this year, there's a big shakeup in the World Championships. Um, last week, the top four made it through uh, quarterfinals, and there were two European teams, a Chinese team, and a North American team. Um, no Korean teams in sight. In fact, the only North American team left Cloud9, my favorite team in all of esports, eliminated the last Korean team. So that set up a big clash between Cloud9 from North America and Fnatic from Europe that happened uh, this morning at 4 a.m., which I stayed up and watched. Um, and whoever won this was going to go to the finals and be the first Western team to ever reach the finals, which is besides like season one when the game didn't even count. Um, 
So it's, it's really big. And, of course, people from North America are really excited and wanted Cloud9 to make it there. People from Europe wanted Fnatic to make it there. So there was a lot of trash talk going on. But altogether, we just wanted the West to make it there. So no matter what, we were going to win because a Western team will make it to the finals. Um, but in the, the three worst games of League of Legends I've ever watched, Cloud9 got rolled over by Fnatic, didn't even put up a fight, and has now been eliminated from the World Championships, which means that North America probably lost all hope to ever win a World Championship they'll ever have. So, yeah. League of Legends is... Uh, I mean, I'm glad that a fucking European team made it, I guess. But, yeah, North America's dead. Well, hold on now. If, if it happened this year, why couldn't it happen again next year? It'll never happen again. <laughs> I'm not sure why you say that. I mean, like... It'll... Because this year, like, I, get, I think this year, Korea, like, slacked off a little bit. And next year, like, they're going to bump their practice hours from 18 hours a day to, like, 27 hours a day. And they're going to just stomp everyone at Worlds and... It's just going to go back to how it was, at least for those, at least for like a year or two, and then maybe there will be another year where like North America and Europe have a good showing. Um, but yeah, it's it's we're going to have to really we have to considerably close the gap and learn how to play the game better if we want to make it back into the top four. Well, it's it's just really weird to hear anybody say that. I hope the West makes it. Uh, in this contest, because usually it's the other way. It's the uh, fuck the West. We've already done it. We've been there. It's an unusual yeah. thing to hear. We've never won the League of Legends <laughs> World Championship, so we've we've subjugated every inch of the of, of the entire world, but we could not win the League of Legends Championship. So everybody else still has this. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid game that I love. So who's the other team that's going to be facing off against Fnatic? Um, Invictus Gaming from China, the only Eastern team left. So the only Western team and the only Eastern team left are going to face off. Okay, um, cool. And they, they were both, they were in the same group together in the group stage. And Fnatic actually beat them 2-1 to one in the group stage. Um, but since then, Invictus has started to look even better than they did in groups. But so has Fnatic. So we'll see where, um, where they both go in the finals. Um, if Fnatic wins, it'll be incredible that a Western team won. And I'll be excited. And Fnatic is actually my favorite European team. So I'm not super depressed. It was just that they beat my favorite team that I got depressed. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll be, it'll be really, really cool if they win. And even if they don't, this is it was three out of the top four this year were all Western teams. So that's very impressive for the West. So if China uh, wins, that'd be, that'd be their first win too, right, for yes, Worlds? they've never won Worlds either. They've won other international competitions, but they've never won Worlds. So it would be a first time for – it's the first time no matter what. Okay. Well, hey, that's that's exciting. But maybe maybe this is maybe I'm thinking as an optimist. This is heralding a future where Korea does not have a stranglehold over over the world championships. Perhaps it'll be nice. It'll be nice. And I think that I think this year the teams learned a lot about how to play. Because like, uh, not to get too into the League of Legends right now. A lot of times at Worlds, um, whenever the Western teams compete against Korea. They seem like they're trying to play like Korea, and since you're trying to play like them, they're better at it already because they've been doing it. But this year, the teams try to play the way they did back home and the way they played naturally, and it actually helped them win games. So I think that this year they kind of learned that if they play their own style and not just try to emulate what they think is the best because Korea does it, they can actually uh, take games off of that. So that'll be, probably be pretty cool going forward. I'm curious as to what Korea style looks like. I mean, it, all, it depends on what meta is being played. Um, this year, or, or this last couple months, I should, I should say, because the meta changes uh, quite often. Uh, the past couple months, it's been 
build a scaling composition and wait till late game. Don't don't worry about early fights. Take towers if you can. Wait till late game and fight. And the West has been let's fucking fight all game, early game. Let's fight, fight, fight. Get as many kills as we can. And it worked out really well for the Western teams that uh, executed it properly. Um, okay. So I think they used to used to kind of learn that maybe the wait for late game strategy wasn't perfect. And here's a question for me, a total uh, dunce and doofus and moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 why is Japan not uh, on this list somewhere? So Japan has one team that makes it. So Worlds has changed over the past couple of years. Where now before Worlds, there's the Worlds play-in, which mm-hmm. is actually where Cloud9 was. So basically, if you're the third, if you're the third place from a major region, except for Korea, because they automatically get seeded no matter what, because they've won so many championships. If you're the third place from a major region or from what they call a wild card region, which is smaller regions that have a competitive scene but haven't won a championship and aren't necessarily as good as the other regions. So like um, Africa. Yeah, no, there's not any African teams, but sure, that would count. Okay. Um, if you're first place from your region there, then you go to the play-in stage, you get into a group, and whoever wins those groups gets in to, gets the final three seeds at Worlds. Um, and Japan has a team that goes every year called uh, Detonation Focus Me. Uh, I think they have a hundred sponsors, so their name is super long. That's a great and, name. Yeah, they're just not. They, they actually were in Cloud 9s group this year, and they actually almost took a game off of Cloud Nine, but they didn't. Um, so yeah, every year they just kind of nothing ever really happens with those guys. Um, and there's actually I've never looked into it, but there's like a lot of Japanese fans who have done analysis of why League of Legends isn't very popular in Japan. I've never like read any of the articles. I probably will eventually to kind of like. Uh, get abreast of the of the situation, but yeah, Japan really focus. Japan really focuses more on fighting games. Um, they don't do a lot. They're not really into FPS that much. They're not super big into MOBAs. Um, they're very much a fighting game culture. So I think that's kind of what's carried on for them. Okay, I was curious when I was a kid. You know, it was all it was all about Japan all the time. You know, fucking uh, uh, Japan had the, it was like Japan had the best video games. They had them, they had them first. They were the they were the big video game country basically. Yeah, you'd be surprised how not great they are at esports. I mean, when it comes to fighting games, there's a couple that they're the best at, but I mean, there's still plenty of like European and North American players who are ranked just as high as uh, Japanese players in those games. So yeah, they don't really have a stranglehold on esports necessarily, which is interesting considering they are a very video game heavy culture. Yeah, wasn't there a big Smash scene in Japan? Yeah, there there was, but no, those guys aren't even those guys are nowhere near as good as North America and Europe. Yeah, didn't um, they? Did they have a whole style that wasn't even as as crazy advanced as Americans was? Yeah, they had their own thing going on. There's a whole documentary you can watch about Smash Brothers if you're interested out there, listeners. My I got my brother, my brother. I got the other host of this show mm-hmm. to watch it one time, and he can tell you it's great. Was it called the Brothers of Smash? No, it's called the Smash Brothers. The Smash Brothers, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a really good uh, documentary. Yeah, it's on YouTube entirely for free. It's like an eight-part series. Um, it really goes through the early stuff of Smash, and one of the things that's mentioned is this uh, Japanese scene that was building. So yeah, it's it's a cool. That'll be my recommendation for the week. Watch the Smash Brothers documentary. Cool, 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 cool. All right, enough esports. What's you got? What do you got? Uh, headline from the nation, uh, dot com. You're going to love this one, Seth. 69% of young Americans support single pair. A nice. <laughs> uh, it's just basically a poll. I mean, I don't really trust polls or whatever, but whatever, who cares? 
uh, that basically 69% of uh, millennials, uh, younger, the, the 35 and under uh, age group, said they, they prefer, they, they, would, they would support a single-payer option for health care. Okay, explain to, the, I mean, because I obviously know everything about health care. Explain to the listeners what single-payer means. Uh, single-payer basically means there would be a public, what we call a public option for health care, which is like a thing they tried to sneak into Obamacare, but it was shut down by Gen- by Senator uh, Joe Lieberman, who uh, is a Democrat, uh, surprisingly yeah. enough. Uh, which basically have an option for like you can have a government insurance, like it will be a, a government-run uh, uh, health care, basically company in a way, sort of like a department. Uh, but like it, it falls under, or it's 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 a it's a larger category that includes the idea of Medicare for all, which is taking Medicare, which is the government healthcare provider for people who who are like sixty-five or over, or so. Uh, can enroll in Medicare and get uh, insurance for super cheap, and it's funded, of course, by tax by tax dollars. Gets paid into, and so single payer slash Medicare for all is this idea that we take that same system and extend it to everyone in America. Put everyone who wants it on this public insurance, uh, which you would pay for with your own tax dollars, and would cover your services um, entirely, basically nice. way way better than any private insurance that you or I can get. The idea is to be like those European Nordic countries where they have uh, they have public public uh, medicine, but there is still a private option for people who have enough wealth to pay for it. And you would see all these like shitty plans we have now disappear, like the plans that have like a sixty five a sixty five hundred dollar uh, deductible before you start paying anything. They pay like sixty percent of your costs after that. They would disappear because there there would be no sort of uh, uh, market for them anymore, if you want to put it that way. There's no market, and we would only see the high-dollar plans for rich people when, you know, that would just ensure more services, like uh, uh, cosmetic stuff or, I don't know, have to have your uh, uh, stuff processed faster. Because that's one big problem they always say is, oh, God, there will be lines if we get public health care. Oh, God. People and it's like to... Get themselves taken care of? Oh no! Yes, yeah, so have you been, been to the doctor recently? Oh no! Uh, there's still lines. Turns out. I mean, yeah, I've always. I mean, every time you go to a doctor's office, it can be empty, and you have an appointment. You still wait two hours. So. Oh yeah. This won't change anything. And you, you call the make an appointment. It's like, oh, we can see you in two weeks, motherfucker. I'm sick now. Yeah, it's like that's what I've never understood. It's like, oh. You'll probably be worse in two weeks to so come back then. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what do you mean? I don't, I don't even understand that. That's why stuff like immediate med is so useful. Yeah, and there's sometimes when I'm just like, oh, I have like a sore throat or whatever. I'm not even gonna go. Fuck it. I don't want to wait. Oh God, I've gotten. Th- yeah, I used to like back when I was in like high school and I had like you know a parent who was always around me. I'd go to the doctor for any small thing, and it was, I mean, it was good. You know, I got to go to the doctor and get fixed. But yeah, I'm with you. Like now, I have a sore throat. I'll have like. I have, you know, bad headaches for a whole week. I just won't even worry about it. I'm like, it'll go away. Yeah. I got because no time to go to a doctor. It's because we're still away. young. We're still good. We can heal faster or whatever. Yeah. And plus, like, if you go to the doctor, they'll t- they'll confirm there's something wrong with you. But if you never go, it's like Schrodinger's <laughs> diagnosis. You know? I could have a, a mild cold. I could have cancer. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's why I get all my answers from WebMD. <laughs> And also, to, let's also not forget the fact that you're the doctor. It still costs you money. Yeah, the doctor, I mean, I mean, of course, what we're talking about is the doctor being free. 
But yeah, the doctor costs you money. You know, you got to pay copay, and if you don't have insurance, you pay you know seven thousand dollars because your throat's sore. Yeah, and I mean it's like any everything costs money. Just being seen costs you money. Like just walking in the fucking door. Like I have to pay, I have to pay like upfront money to a real doctor, not to like immediate med or, or you know, some kind of service like that. Like a real ass doctor is like, all right, your copay is thirty five dollars. I ain't even seen nobody yet. Yeah, they charge you before they even do anything. So it's like, what am I even getting out of this? Yeah, and the thing about it is, is that uh, you know, people are like, oh well, why should I pay taxes if I'm not going to go to the doctor or whatever? It's like. Maybe you should go to the doctor now that you've paid for it already. You know, maybe you should patronize your services. And also, we're a fucking society. We have to live together as, as people. We can't, So we, we have to take care of each other in some way. Yeah. And I've probably said it once or twice every episode, but I'll say it again. There should be no cost associated with just staying alive. And this is one of those times where it's like going to a doctor, going to a dentist, going to any stuff like that should not cost you money because it's literally just a way to stay alive and live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. And you got some people who will say, well, you should just take care, better care of yourself. And it's like, I can't will myself when you're not getting cancer, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's people who, there's people who you know, run five miles a day and only eat kale, and there can still be something fucking terribly wrong with them. It's not like there's it's not there's not an answer. Some people some things just happen. Some things are genetic. Some things happen. Some things are environmental. I mean, you never know. So yeah. That's a dumb. That's always a dumb argument. Is you should just take care of yourself. And yeah, I mean, of course you should. But even then, something can be wrong with you that you can't fix by you know drinking plenty of water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a dumb argument. Next and you time, look at the. Just kidding. Look, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I mean, you, you look at larger things, too, like people who eventually do get some kind of chronic illness that makes them permanently disabled, and, you know, uh, we, we, keep, we keep cutting social services in America, but in the end, people still get their stuff paid for uh, by the government, right? For now, anyways. But those things, those conditions could have been avoided if we just paid less earlier on to have them go to the doctor and get checked out. So, in the end, if, you're, if all you care about is money, which I believe is a, a terrible thing to care about in t- by, by, you know, by itself... You're still saving money, so it still makes more sense to pay now up front a smaller fee to ensure we don't have bigger fees up way later down, down the line. Yeah. Um. And just in in, in the end, it's just the, it's just the most moral thing. It's just ethical uh, uh, to to pay for people's uh, health care. I mean, come on, guys, and it, it it saves us money and it's ethical. The reason we don't do it is because the healthcare companies are don't want to see their profit margin decline. Oh, God, no. Can't do that. So, but no, millennials, uh, young people, 69% of us agree with this idea. So, I mean, I think it's mostly because the fact that we are young, we've seen the the horrible effects of the healthcare system on people, and we're just, we, we realize we'll, we won't even get what our parents got. So, you know, we, we're tired of it. Yep. And so I gotta, I gotta agree. I gotta yeah, be. We gotta fix the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, people like Indiana Senator Joe Donnelly, who's a Democrat, he's a, he's pledging to oppose it. This is the, thing, the guy we talked about last week. He wants to build the wall and fund ICE or whatever. So why is this guy even a fucking Democrat at this point? Yeah, I mean, like, 
once again, something I've discussed previously on the podcast is that Democrat doesn't actually mean anything anymore. All you do is put that D next to your name, hoping people will vote for you. Um, yeah. You don't have to represent what the Democratic values are, which I don't even know what the values of the Democrat Party are anymore, to be honest. Um, they're they're very similar to the Republicans, and yeah, the the, the, the D next to your name means nothing anymore. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is like, if you, like, okay, okay, let's, let's talk about something real quick. Let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about this thing. All right. The, the bombing, or the attempted bombings that happened this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, uh, for people who did, somehow don't know, uh, a bunch of bombs were mailed out to a, a laundry list of people that Trump has trash-talked. So let's be honest with ourselves, that's who we're talking about. Um, people like uh, George Soros, Maxine Waters, Clinton, Biden, Obama, all these people that Trump doesn't like got uh, pipe bombs mailed to them uh, in the in the mail because of course we all know that President Obama opens his fucking mail by hand. Of course, walks uh, out they... to his mailbox, whistles on the way there, has a robe on, you know, <laughs> has has a, a little bird behind him. He like rings. He looks back, does finger guns to Michelle, <laughs> and he's like, "I got the mail today, babes." And she's like, oh, "Thanks, thanks, Barry." And then he, he sees this yellow. And, <laughs> He sees this yellow package with crazy cutout letters, <laughs> and it's their return address is Debbie Wasserman Wall- uh, Schultz. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll just go ahead and open this bad boy up right now." Yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this this guy tried to bomb these people, and of course, everyone knew immediately if you had two brain cells to rub together that it would be some MAGA chud that was doing this. And it's right. The guy who did it was named Cesar or Caesar Sayoc. Did you see anything about this guy? Uh, didn't he? This isn't about who he is, but didn't Brian Kemp actually pose in a picture with him? I did not hear about this. If that's okay. true, that's wild. But yeah, go on about the guy. Uh, well, he is. Uh, he's a, a course of magachud. We all saw his van with all kinds of stickers covered that covering the windows or whatever. It's, you know, all this, all these insane fucking. Uh, slogans about Trump and enemies of Trump, and it's, he's, he's just a weird, crazy dude, or whatever. But he clearly is a, a fan of, of Trump. He's a MAGA dude, so everyone was right. But I remember, and I still see this, this has not even gone away. People still believe this, that this, this was a false flag, right? The Democrats doing this themselves. Do you see any of this? Um, I didn't see any of this, no. I saw some other incredible defenses, though. And I, I was thinking to myself when I saw these these uh, false flag uh, uh, claims, I thought to myself, you're telling me the political party that can't keep Joe Manchin from voting for Brett Kavanaugh and can't keep Joe Donnelly from endorsing the fucking wall building has the fucking operational security, the discipline and the clarity of vision to pull off a fucking false flag attempt on themselves? Is that what we believe now? Um... Yeah, any anything that makes Trump look bad is actually a conspiracy. That's kind of <laughs> the, the new uh, uh, motto of the MAGA chuds. Yeah, and it's just like you guys are giving the Democrats way too much competency in this whole thing because they have they could not pull this off. It's not possible. I'm sorry. I've got an update on the Brian Kemp thing. Okay, what's up? So it was not that guy. However, there is a man named James J. Statchowiak? Okay. I say it. But he is a man who has um, 
threat literally um, violently threatened Stacey Abrams and her campaign. Um, just a, a terrible guy who has said you know some pretty awful stuff about Stacey Abrams. Um, and Brian Kemp is, has been photographed smiling with a thumbs up next to this man in a picture. <laughs> and the man is wearing a a different style um, Make America Great Again hat. It's different than the regular red one. Oh really? Yeah, what is either it way, like? it's, it just says it says Trump really big and has an American flag, and then below it it says Make America Great Again. That's a lot of info for one hat. Yeah. Oh, also, I want to give a shout-out. I noticed this when I was on an airplane the other day. Shout-out mm-hmm. to Make America Great Again hats because, one, they let you immediately notice if someone is a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. And, two, most of the people who wear them, from what I've seen, are people who, like, you can tell don't normally wear baseball hats, like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So they look ridiculous. Like, yeah. I saw this guy. He was like an old fucking bald, big-eared, bottle cap, glass, glasses-wearing fucking probably racist homophobic idiot on the plane and he's sitting there with a baseball hat on he just he looks like he, he just looks fucking ridiculous and i'm like this is amazing not only is he an idiot but he looks like an idiot too so it's, it just it just helps out so shout out to those hats for like really doing us a favor <laughs> yeah the hats will be very easy to see down down a, a pair of crosshairs at some point so it'll be very good for for, for morale on that front um but yeah, so this, this bomber guy got caught, because of course you're going to get caught. Uh, there's no way you could get away with this shit. So they caught him. Uh, turned He is a MAGA chud. His, his, his uh, uh, social media is covered with tr- pro-Trump stuff. So, you know, it's what we all thought it would be. Yeah. And then on a much sadder note, because this is, this is an actual thing that did uh, uh, happen successfully, uh, there was that shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it was yesterday that this happened. Um, that was pretty rough. Uh, I hate, I, I hate it. I hate that, that happened. That's, it just fucking sucks, you know. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's 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 sad all the time when these like shootings happen. Um, and there's not much. You, like at this point, it's like, I mean, the amount of shootings that happens per year, per month is just going up and up and up. And you just have to realize it. Something's breaking within people, and yeah, it's just always sad to hear about. Yeah, and it turns out, by the way, this guy is a whole other strain of crazy right wing nut job. You see anything about this guy? No, I don't know. His, I think his name his name, his name is Bowers or something like that, or Bauer. I wasn't quite sure on it. Uh, but he is this crazy kind of dude who believes that Donald Trump is a is a Jewish plant. They believe he's a Jewish plant. Yeah, he was put there by the Jews to act racist and anti-Semitic, but that's that's only to that's only to deceive the normies. That's I'll give him that. I'll give him that. That's a hot take. <laughs> it that's is, dude. One. He's like, yo, I, he's like, fuck Trump. This this guy is just he's just made up. He's fake. He's not he's not a real racist like me. Yeah, uh, check your racism at the door, my dude. I've been, <laughs> I've been racist since '03. I was racist before it was cool, okay? Yeah. But, like, you look at this guy. I hope that no one ever, like, takes these clips out of context. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just like, look at this racist podcast I found on fucking iTunes. It would not be the first time a podcast has been accused of racism for jokes they made. Uh, But the thing about this guy as well is, did you see that he actually posted right before he did it? Like, on the internet, he posted? No. He posted on, I believe it was Gab, 
Because, of course, it was fucking Gab. Oh, yeah, I did hear that he was, like, an avid Gab poster. Yeah, man, he posted two things before it happened. He posted a link to an article or, like, a, a website about... I think it's like H-I-S-A-S, something like that. It's a it's a Jewish foundation that originally helped bring Jewish refugees from, from various geopolitical conflicts over to America and help them settle here. And it has expanded since then to include refugees of all kinds of, of creeds. So he was mad about this because obviously he's a racist, anti-immigration dipshit, so he, he hates these these people. And he like had, had a list, and on that list was, was the synagogue he went and eventually attacked. And then literally, he posted something about how these they, these monsters were bringing in uh, people or whatever uh, to destroy our country. And he said, screw your optics, I'm going in. And then five minutes later, the first 911 calls came in. Wow. That's our world now. Yeah, he, uh, he, he said, said his mind with that one. That's, that's uh, <laughs> fast-acting racism. Like, people are posting now before they commit terrorism attacks. It's insane. Yeah, it's almost, it's like, it's like, do people even want to get away with crimes anymore? I mean, I'm guessing he probably didn't since he did surrender or whatever, but it's crazy, you know. And then, uh, Gab has now been declined, like, that PayPal has cut all tiles with Gab, so they can't get paid through PayPal anymore. And their web hosting service just dropped them. Yeah, this is what we discussed. It's like, you can set out to do anything you want with the web and using freedom of speech if you want to. But if you want to make money, it's going to get harder. Yeah. Okay? If you are some incredible, rich person who's a super racist and wants to make this and can host it all on your own machines and can hire all the developers who actually want to work for you then that's the only way to get something like this done um, without actually, you know, trying to cater to anyone. Yeah. And, I mean, I will say that this that this is a good move, of course. I don't, I don't want Gab to exist or be, or be anywhere because it was just a right-wing hate site for the most part. Um, and also it was, for, for, it was for right-wing hate and pedophilia, which are two things that pretty much go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, but, like, you, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you you wait until this stuff starts happening to left-wing people. Because it, it will. It will happen soon. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a double-edged sword. Because um, whenever, you know, a, a for real wave of leftist sentiment and, you know, communist socialist sentiment starts to spread and there's going to be, you know, viable sources people to go and discuss this and um, really kind of break down the status quo, yeah, this stuff's going to happen to them, too. Yeah, like, for the moment, the tech companies are beholden to these liberal uh, views, which are not bad views. I say liberal. They're not bad views. Anti-Semitism, as something that liberalism opposes, is good. That's what gets a good thing liberals believe. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when that becomes no longer a concern for these companies, when they're like, actually, fuck that. We're, we're going to, we... We thrown in there a lot with, with the national, the white nationalists, the Nazis, because I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Yeah, that'll be a rough day. Uh, but uh, to to bring us back to the local beat again, you talked about Brian Kemp earlier. Have you heard the news about Brian Kemp? Okay, so we've got one. They have like actively changed people's votes to Brian Kemp from Stacey Abrams. Literally just changing people's votes, which is insane. They have 
um, disqualified like 300,000 ballots because they say that people moved mm-hmm. um, at the wrong time or something. And uh, what else? He also, oh, we talked about how he like was scared people would use their right to vote. We already talked about that, but yeah, still insane. Yeah. It also turns out that, uh, and this is actually from Fox, uh, which is crazy. Fox 5 reported this. Um, uh, Brian Kemp owes more than $800,000 in insider loans to, to a bank he helped start. Wow. So insider loans are a thing now for Brian Kemp. I can't believe Fox would report this, but it is true. So he now has something, uh, even more things in, tr- in common with our president. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's I guess that's a strong bid for him to win the election. Also, did you see the part where Stacey Abrams uh, burned the Georgia flag in 1992? Really? She was not the person who burned it personally, but she was standing there as, as part of the same group as the person that did as they burned the Georgia flag. Now, Seth, what was the Georgia flag in 1992? Huh. I mean, I think it, didn't it borrow some imagery from another famous, infamous flag from history? It did. It was a it was a, a flag that we all kind of know, just an infamous flag, as you said. Uh, for those for those who don't know, Georgia back in uh, uh, man, I don't even know when we changed this, like two thousand and something. It was, it was embarrassingly it was, late that we changed our flag. Yeah, it was like one half was like the Georgia state symbol, and the other half was the fucking stars and bars, the Confederate uh, uh, battle standard. Um, yeah. So this group that Abrams was part of, which is a, a primarily, I believe, black group. Uh, burned the Georgia flag in protest, uh, I believe, near the state capitol. And, uh, I mean, 100% understandable on that front. Yeah. One, that just strengthens Stacey Abrams' bid with some people. Two, the Confederate flag is not only racist, but it is anti-America. Mm-hmm. Literally. So why people are... I mean, I know why they're so fucking attached to it. But the fact that they are is um, backed up with having zero historical context and zero idea of what the Confederacy actually was besides their ancestors being racist. Yeah, and I will say that uh, while I'm not the biggest Stacey Abrams fan, this does seem pretty cool to me, actually. Burning yes, burning the Georgia flag? I'm like, hell yeah, man. I, I will vote for people who, who burn the Georgia state flag. Let's do this. Um, so as you, as you were saying... Oh, yeah. Um, it was funny. I was talking to one of my one of my manager at my job. He moved uh, to North Carolina from Boston a couple months ago. He lived in Chicago and Boston his whole life. Um, and he was like, he said, you know, the weather is like better down here, and like everything's like to him. He thinks everything's actually much better down here in like the southeast. He's mm-hmm. like, the only thing that I'm not used to is having to deal with like Confederate flags and like Confederate statues and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest drawbacks we have to living here is that we're still very much entrenched in a, a, a prideful racist culture, I'd say. Yeah. Um, being proud of how racist our ancestors were. Um, so, yeah, that's something you got to get used to when you're down here. Yeah, lost cause, man. It rolls on eternally. One day, one day we're going to fucking burn them all down. Oh, for sure. Um, but apparently I just saw this a while back, a federal judge has now, uh, blocked their attempt to throw out those ballots that were chain that were thrown out because of handwriting issues or yeah, people that. who, 
Yeah, the federal judge said, no, you can't do that. Those people, your handwriting analysis is not a legit science, so you're not able to throw those ballots out. So that's one slight bonus, I guess. Yeah, something people don't know is that, one, handwriting analysis is um, pretty much bullshit. Um, there's a lot, there is a lot you can learn from it as, like, kind of like a fun thing and an investigative thing, but it does. there's no scientific accuracy to it as of now. And also, another thing people don't know is bite mark analysis is insanely impossible. Yeah. You see it on TV all the time, like on NCIS, like, oh, this man bit into this peanut butter sandwich, and now we know exactly where his semen is. That's not how <laughs> it works in the real world. Bite mark analysis is actually one of the most bullshit sciences. There's like an expert. I, I watched a documentary, a short documentary of this expert in bite mark analysis, and even he says that no court should ever admit um, bite mark analysis as evidence in any kind of trial <laughs> because it is not actually that accurate. Imagine so, that. Yeah. That's just, this is totally off topic, but just think about it next time you see a TV show where they're doing bite mark analysis or you hear somebody using it in a court case. It's complete bullshit. Interesting. Yeah, I, I know that. And, and plus, the handwriting analysis wasn't even done by like actual handwriting experts. It was like some amateur hour bullshit. So... Even if you were to take this this pretty fake science into account, you didn't even have fake scientists doing it. If you're an amateur handwriting expert, get a fucking life. <laughs> okay? Like, either be pro or don't. I'm there a hobbyist. There's no in-between on that. <laughs> it's my hobby. It's my passion. It's like, yeah, my... Dude, imagine being, like, <laughs> an amateur exterminator. Yeah, I just, you know, every once in a while I gas them up. I just like to really, I like to take these cans of poison gas and go kill some rats on the weekends, you know, for fun. Yeah, I don't do it. I mean, I don't have like a license or any like real, what you call, training. But I'm pretty sure I know how to put gas in a building, okay? Hey, hey, Seth, I'm an amateur soldier. Oh, hey, you need something soldiered? I'm there, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soldier. You call me a soldier for hire. Okay. <laughs> Every I'll, couple of months, I just fly out to the Middle East and just start. I, I just join one of the sides. I don't really care which one it is. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, who needs me? <laughs> hey, I gotta. I brought my gun from home. It does remind me of a guy who, uh, an infamous figure on the internet, and his name was Caro. Well, from something awful, he was a, a guy who uh, d had some very distinct uh, 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 problems. Uh, going on, uh, who used to make all these grand, bold uh, claims of stuff he was going to do. And then one day he just started sending like pictures from, uh, he was literally over in Syria fighting on the side of the rebels. <laughs> and, like pretending to be a medic. And he would like post videos of him shooting, uh, shooting at people and uh, eventually got captured and put in prison. I think he, I think he died or he resurfaced in, in Los Angeles. I don't know. But like, holy shit. Imagine being so devoted to online that you actually did go overseas and fight in a war. Yeah, that's amazing. And not like not like an official position. No, you're a, you are literally a part time amateur mercenary, I guess. Oh it's man, it's gonna become a hot skill pretty soon in America once uh, these rich guys have to armor up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep keep that in mind, any amateur soldiers out there. Oh, for sure. Um. What you said? You got, you got any topics? You got anything you want to talk about? Um, 
Yeah, I did read an interesting article this week about a, a company that's near and dear to the, the Millennials podcast, Amazon.com. Oh, boy. So we've talked about this before. Um, Amazon has teamed up with this company called Palantir. Um, oh, yeah, that's, P- that's Peter Thiel's guys. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure they are. And they're basically a surveillance, uh, basically very, very well-engineered racism. Um, mm-hmm. It's a way to, it's currently something they're going to implement with ICE to uh, track down immigrants using um, any camera in the entire world, basically, to recognize their face and then just you know, arrest them and deport them, separate them from their kids, put them in cages, whatever you want to do with these people that you pretty much have any control you want over. Um, And so employees of Amazon are against this. And they've actually, over 400 Amazon employees, like engineers at Amazon, have signed a petition saying that Amazon should not carry out this contract and that this is, uh, that what they're doing is unethical. And it even their their official statement is that they want to implement employee oversight over ethics, which that, I yeah, think okay. is an incredible like the fact that that's a sentence that you have to read and that that's what employees are finally asking for is in, incredible to me, because um, the people who work at, like I um, people who work at Amazon are brilliant you know engineers like people who just know all there is to do about all the engineering like. All the programming, networking, all that stuff. They're brilliant people. Um, but it goes to show that not, these brilliant people aren't just robots who will just do what you tell them to do forever. Um, there's a day there's, there's a day that's coming very quickly where the, even like they're realizing that it's a problem. So they're, they're sitting here and they're, you know, their exact word is employee oversight um, over ethics, which is great because it's kind of the idea of a direct democracy within a corporation of – uh, the corporation should have to get approval of the employees to make, carry out any uh, contract or any move they want to make within the business world. And it's it's kind of moving towards our idea of a company that is you know run by the people and everything is voted on and everyone gets an equal say in what's happening. Yeah. So is this is what four hundred Amazon employees say going to change anything? Obviously not. Um, they don't give a fuck about their employees, as we discussed with the raising of minimum wage. Um, but it is it is interesting to me that these employees are speaking out and are saying that they want something to change. Um, this is definitely going to sow the seeds of uh, discord within um, tech industry, the tech companies. Because tech companies are getting to a point where, you know, you can hire as many talented engineers as you want, but how many of those talented engineers are going to want to invade everyone's privacy? Of course, some of them are going to have no morals because that's just how people are. But some of them are going to have strict morals and are going to want to do something about this and they're gonna to have to find an answer to that. That brings me a little bit of hope. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, they they've said there's um there's a good article out, out there about it um about Palantir and Amazon. I think you, anyone who's interested should read it. Um, it kind of gives the workers' perspective on what's going on. Um, ex employees' perspectives on like how Amazon carries out uh, their corporate moves. So yeah, it's it's good to see that um, even though it may not do anything for them, they are speaking out and they are saying that. We're going to have to check our ethics at the door because um, one day, um, if, they, if they breach our privacy enough and if it gets to a, a point where it's that much of a problem, there's going to be a day where it's going to be us versus them. And there's going to be more of us and less of them. 
and they're going to have to realize um, these corporations and these rich people are going to have to realize what's going to happen if they don't eventually bend to our needs. Yeah, it's like it's one of those situations where this 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 is the cyberpunk future that all those authors predicted back in the eighties. This is the horrible, you know, uh, uh, technological fucking nightmare that we're, we're that they want to construct for us. It's good to know there are some people at least who don't agree with that. Yeah, you know the one thing I'm most jealous about from the cyberpunk universe that people What's build? Up? It's always raining in a cyberpunk universe. Oh man, that'd be so I, nice. I wish it was always I love rain. Because see, in, in the cyberpunk universes, it's great because they have all the bad stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. So they at least have that. But they also have like all the buildings have like neon lights on them. And it's like always raining. And your skateboard is also your credit card. So like, <laughs> there's like a couple of things they have that are like kind of cool. But they, so we, we got all the bad stuff and none of that cool shit to, to seemingly balance it out. So that's the problem with cyberpunk for me. Yeah, I'd like to have a, a robot leg. That'd be pretty cool. Give me yeah. one of those. I don't even know how I got it. This is okay. We don't have to, we don't have to make sense of this thing. Uh, it's okay. Just give me the robot leg. I'll be good. You know, they're starting to perfect um, 3D printed prosthetics. Hey, then I can afford one again. Yeah, maybe. Because, uh, like, I did the math recently, and with my insurance saying my deductible was fulfilled and I had full coverage, it would be $8,000 for a prosthetic leg. Nice. That sounds Which fair. is... Eight times as much money as I have the entire world, so it's great. Yeah. I'm doing good. And <laughs> yeah, so I saw I saw 3D printed. It's um, it's like a hex grid leg. So at the bottom of it is like where your where the the actual like what do you call it the socket um reaches in. Yeah. Um, that's all. It's still covered. It's not open anymore. But it's like got a like a hexagon cutout pattern over it. It looks it looks really nice. And apparently, it's like really uh. Uh, flexible and it can like help you like with seeming like a real leg again. So it's a uh, it's actually kind of cool and it's all three D printed. So that's kind of interesting. That's neat. Um, so earlier we were talking about uh, single hair healthcare. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see this report that came out from the White House from the Council of Economic Advisors titled "The Opportunity Costs of Socialism"? No, but I would love to hear about it. So it's been 200 years uh, since the, the birth of Karl Marx. And so they just, you know, it's just coincidentally they wanted to bring out this report about socialism. You know, no, no reason, not like any, not like there's any kind of reason to do this. There's no, there's no geopolitical incidents or economic strain that, that's causing this to happen. So, you know, just, just a, just a, a pure coincidence here. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a 70... 70- random uh, synaptic... Um, Chemical reaction in a bunch of people's brains is going on at the same time. Exactly. And so this this is a 72-page report. I'm not going to go through it because I haven't read the whole goddamn thing. I don't really care. It's pretty dumb a lot of the ways. It tries to say that that uh, of the Nordic countries like Finland and Norway and Sweden have a 15% lower um, uh, 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 quality of life than America, which... I know people from those countries, and I gotta say, absolutely incorrect. They are way happier than us by every metric. Everything is good for them. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It's pretty nice for every, like, everyone over there. Maybe not everything is good, but definitely everyone has an average, I believe, higher quality of life than we do for sure. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, so this just is a big report that goes on and on and on about. 
Uh, it's like it even goes into like the political type stuff of, of previous countries um, that that went to socialist economies like China and the USSR and uh, Cuba. And tries to like show that um, uh, things that happened back then, which were the fault of America and other the Western countries who oppose socialism, us interfering in their development, um, trying to show that basically it's socialism's fault. It's not our fault. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just find it very funny that it, it cites a bunch of crazy, uh, uh, not crazy, good people like, like, uh, like Piketty, who's a, a French economist who... Uh, he's not only, he's not a socialist, but he has written about the problems of capitalism. Um, he has shown why it's unsustainable. He doesn't really propose alternatives. He's not really interested in that. He just wants to show, I guess, sort of that, that shit's all fucked and everything's bad. Um, uh, Ryan Cooper, who's an online kind of writer who does uh, also analyses of capitalism. Uh, so yeah, it's just um, it's just an interesting little seventy-two page report on why hey why we shouldn't do socialism over here, guys. Be a bad idea. Yeah, we're not. Hey, hey, we're not scared at all. We're just like putting this out there as a joke. Basically, we had a bunch of extra time on our hands to talk about socialism. Yeah, um, we were don't, just, don't we were take just this as like a warning sign at all. That no, no, something's no, no. actually changing within our nation. This is just a random thing that we're just posting because it's you know it's chill time for us. Yeah, of course. It's just we, we just were bored. We were like, hey, let's talk about socialism and why it's bad. No reason. We just want to. Yeah. Um, so if you ever get a chance, everybody out there, you want to spend 72 pages worth of reading on something that's, uh, that'll, that'll just really make you laugh, give that one a look. Uh, here's, oh. a, here's a great, oh, go ahead. I've got, um, a, a segment we did over summer that we haven't done in a little bit. I'm excited. Um, LeBron Watch. Uh-oh, what's up with LeBron? It's back on. So the NBA season has officially started. Uh, LeBron mm-hmm. has played his first games as a Los Angeles Laker. Um, didn't start out so well. Um, they lost their first game, and then they lost their second game. And then in their second game, um, uh, one of the Lakers, uh, Rajon Rondo, I always say his name wrong. I think it's Rajon Rondo. I can't remember. Um, he spit on Houston Rockets player Chris Paul. And started a big brawl between um, the Lakers and the Rockets, uh, which ended up in two players getting suspended. Uh, Rajon Rondo got suspended for two days, and Brandon Ingram got suspended for four days or four games, I should say, because um, Brandon Ingram like punched some guy in the face, which is like you know you shouldn't do that. Um, and so which, which team is he on? They're both they're both Lakers. No no Rock okay. or Chris Paul on the Rockets. He got two two game suspension as well because he threw a punch. Um, so those happened. So then they had to play a couple games without their guys. They rallied back. They won a game against the Phoenix Suns. And then they beat uh, a team that was undefeated, the Denver Nuggets, a team that actually beat the Golden State Warriors. So they, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Nuggets? The Denver Nuggets, um, who currently have the best center in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. Okay, um, it has to be like gold nuggets and not chicken nuggets, right? It's the gold nuggets, yeah. Okay. All right. It's, it's Denver, Colorado. So Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Um, so Lakers got a victory over them while they were undefeated, so good for them. And then um, they lost again against the Spurs last night. So they're currently 4-2, and two, or 3-2. and two. Um, You know, not a super great opening season, but it's LeBron with a bunch of young players. They're learning how to get things together. By next season, they'll have a more formidable team and maybe, a couple, maybe another star on their team. So it's starting out rough for them, but it's all good. LeBron's not worried. LeBron literally isn't worried at all. You can look at it on his face. He's just he's scoring points every night. He actually, this is actually the biggest LeBron watch news. He actually just reached 
sixth place on all-time uh, uh, scoring in the NBA. He's the sixth highest scoring player in the NBA. Um, okay. Damn. And he's the highest scoring active player. Um, he just passed uh, Dirk Nowitzki of the Dallas Mavericks as the highest scoring player. And by the end of the season, he'll most likely pass um, Wilt Chamberlain. And by the end of his career, he he'll, he could be number one. He could end up being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be number one. So, yeah. You know, I always mix up Wilt Chamberlain and Neville Chamberlain. That's not. I don't. I don't know how you even do that one. <laughs> just I keep calling Neville Chamberlain Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know why. Just remember just, that Wilt Chamberlain is like nine feet tall. Just remember that, and it'll help. He's nine feet tall, and he decided to appease Hitler. Did he? That's oh. what Neville Chamberlain did. Got yes. you. Got you, Neville Chamberlain. Okay, see, I, 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 confusing I was back. On, I was back on confusing the accomplishments. What, were they, uh, what if they were the same height, though? Wouldn't that be crazy if Neville Chamberlain was also like, oh, seven man, foot tall? Oh, man, that would be insane. Tall? A nine-foot-tall, nebbish, white, British guy who who was lived in World War Two times. Yeah. Can you imagine? He'd be He'd be a giant. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the most famous man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um... I have a I have a headline here for you, Seth, and I, I'm gonna say each word. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have you react and let me know when it gets bad. Okay. Okay. Cool. The. Okay, that's a strong way to start most sentences. Hippie. This okay. Let's let's hear the next one. I gotta know. Dash capitalist. Uh, oxymoron. C- CEO. This got worse. Who? Okay, maybe it's maybe it's who saved a rainforest. <laughs> Wants to save the rainforest. To win. Okay, they want to win the favor of the left. A Nobel Prize. Okay, a Nobel Prize for with sober. With sober. What is this? With sober raves. So, let me let me think. Let me tell you what I think this means. Okay. This means there is an idiot out there in the mm-hmm. world, a very very dumb person who doesn't know what any of the words in the title means, um, who wants to win a Nobel Peace Prize by having parties where people don't get drunk or do drugs. Exactly. Yes. So. To boil it all down for any listeners who are still confused, a dumb person said something really dumb. Well, hold on. A dumb person that has money, though, so we got to pay attention to them. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, a hippie capitalist CEO. Um, a, a term that if you were to tell any actual hippie, they would know is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Before the, the hippies all sold out, they were pretty cool. Uh <laughs> I just keep reading this headline, dude, and it's so bad. It's so it, bad. It, it gets it's a, it's a roller coaster of a headline. It really is. Sober raves. That's about as bad as the fucking silent raves. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I don't even get it. Like, what? How how fun can it be if it's like, oh, you can't drink or do drugs what if like if it's like you go to party say hey you do them or you you don't like every fucking party you've ever gone to in your life you Mm -hmm. know you don't have to do anything you don't want to that's i don't think imposing rules like strict rules on a party is gonna make you first of all it's not gonna be fun and second of all how does that win you a nobel prize 
dude, I mean, I guess maybe we're all supposed to, like, hang out and, and be happy and peaceful in our sober rave. Let me tell you, I'm going to be real happy and peaceful when I have no drugs and, the, and terrible music playing. Let me tell you this. I'll be entirely honest. There are, there are a handful of people in this world that I can be around and not even for a second want to be intoxicated. And <laughs> I promise you, um, uh, hundreds of people at a rave won't make a list. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, how about you win a Nobel Prize for being fucking fun, you idiot? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I, raves are already not a thing I'm really into. I went to, like, two of them in college. Hey, wasn't really fun. Didn't like it too much. Too many glow sticks, too loud, and uh, too sweaty. Too uh, loud. Interesting. Too loud and too sweaty. Interesting say this. critique on a rave that it's too loud. Too loud with sounds that I found unpleasant. Not, okay. not, not pleasing loud noises like good music. Unpleasant loud noises like bad music. That. They're not playing like CCR at a rave. What are they going to like fucking? You're like doing ecstasy off of your own dick into the background. And you hear like I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, dude? I'd probably freak out. It'd be fucking great. Um, shout out to the scene in Bad Boys Two where Martin Lawrence is on ecstasy. By the way. It's such a great scene of a, of a so, movie. To, uh, one of the best movies ever. Your favorite movie of all time. Yeah, definitely. Um, to one of the best movies ever made. So yeah, I just thought about that when I said ecstasy. So yeah, shout out to Martin Lawrence, man. You're, you're a funny fucker. They made Bad Boys 3 already. They do. Because, Mar- like, honestly, Martin Lawrence, he doesn't have many actable years left in his life. No. Um, Will Smith, however, could be in movies forever. That is true. That is true. Like, what's Martin Lawrence been doing for the past couple of years? I think he's living off that Bad Boys 2 money. <laughs> and all that stand-up money he made. Um, I did, I remember his, I watched one special of his, Run Tell That. That was a good special. Oh yeah, he's very funny. I, I heard a, a story um, on Hannibal Burris's podcast one time. Uh, he had Chris Rock on as a guest. Mm-hmm. And Chris Rock told, he told a story about how, like, he did this set one night where he, Martin Lawrence opened for him. And it was like 15 minutes of Martin Lawrence and then an hour of Chris Rock. Um, but Martin Lawrence, the crowd loved him so much. First of all, he did 30 minutes for the opener. And then oh, Chris shit. Rock comes out. Chris Rock being one of the biggest, most popular comedians at the time, just like he still is now. He comes out and people literally beg to have Martin Lawrence back. Holy shit. Even though the, So Chris Rock cut his short, his short at 10 minutes and let Martin Lawrence go back out. Damn. Because he like the crowd literally wouldn't even listen to Chris Rock. So that kind of shows you how like how big Martin Lawrence was at one point, how in his like how big he was in his prime. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, Martin Lawrence is a funny dude though. Yeah, dude, shout out to Martin Lawrence. Come back, man, we miss you. Yeah, like, be on the podcast. I know you're you're not doing you're listening to this podcast. You probably listen to every podcast. Yeah. And so you're probably listening to this one. So come on the podcast. Yeah, we we would be glad to have you, Martin Lawrence. Come on, come yeah. on, Millennials podcast and talk about socialist politics with two I rednecks. I have a hundred questions just about the movie Rebound. So <laughs> please come on. Same except Blue Streak. What if we got Martin Lawrence and Brendan Fraser on the same episode? Oh my god, dude! You think it would ever end? It would be a fucking six-hour epic. Yeah, they they would leave ten minutes in, and <laughs> we would oh, just yeah. talk about how cool it was to talk to them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think that's kind of it for this week, right? You think yeah, you're good? I think we're good. I think once we've talked about Martin Lawrence for five minutes, we're probably done. Yeah, we've kind of, we've kind of hit the we've hit we've hit the end of the podcast. Yeah, uh, 
I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter uh, at mcsurf. Um, I'm Seth at Real Martin Lawrence on Twitter. <laughs> um, once again, our incredible new theme song was made by former guest Ben Powell. You can find and, him uh, on Twitter oh. at. I think it's just I'm so bad right now. I think it's just Ben Powell. If you if you find one of us, you can find him. I'll yeah, plug yeah. him for real next week. Our art is done by Marcus Barkley, the uh, uh, traveler, as he is known in some circles. He is known in other ones as uh, the Grand Pooh Bear, um, and also man, the Grand Pooh Bear, a man who we very well might be making up. Yeah, he could, he could, he could entirely be fictional. How would yeah. you know? You never heard his voice except on my stream. That's true. Yeah, because everyone's things. fucking watched your stream. I'm gonna start again. I need to find a game to play. You I will play I, RDR two. I mean, but the, the PS4 is like seven or eight feet away from the computer. How am I gonna do that? I have no capture device. You can stream on. You can stream straight from your PS4 now. Really? You can do that? Yeah. Look it up. You can do it. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, let's see here. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Uh, you know what? We're making a change to the outro. Uh oh. I don't give a fuck about Tom Brady anymore. But now that the okay. NBA season's back in full effect, we're gonna say fuck Kevin Durant for real. All right, good to know. Um, uh, we've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Illinois podcast, baby. Bye. Out. <laughs>